0: Good ideas are like red wine. They need time in the cellar for refinement. Here's where I keep mine. Welcome to 55 Degrees. When the dream becomes a nightmare. When I was getting advice on whether to write a book, I reached out to a local author and friend of mine, and I asked her for her opinion. She said, if you're going to write a memoir, write it all, because people will know you're faking it. She said, let the story decide how it should be told. And that's why I decided to open the book describing the closing on the last day. I locked the doors a little before 2 p.m. that day. That was the moment it was officially over. We wouldn't open tomorrow or ever again. And that seemed to be the best way to start the story. I could tell about some of the mistakes I made and the hindsight that I now have, but that doesn't change the fact that the business closed. And that was the challenge I had to face. I couldn't go back and change things. If I was just starting out, of course, I would do things differently based on what I know. But I feel it's more important to share about what happened to me after the fact. Because my guess is I've got more than one listener right now who's in the same boat. COVID took your business down or took your job away. And you can't go back and change that. So now what? Let me describe my process. In June 2016, we were six months into our third restaurant endeavor, and it was not performing as projected. It was apparent that, barring a miracle, this thing was not going to turn around. It was on a collision course, and I had lost control of the ship. I had been in this position before with Brad and Cup in 2008. And a turnaround did happen in the form of a review in the Omaha World Herald. And that little article put us on the map and people from the Midwest region began finding us. In July of 2016, my body started shutting down. I ended up in the ER with extremely high heart rate and blood pressure, which was diagnosed as a panic attack. In addition with the stress, I was not sleeping but a few hours a night, which the added use of alcohol compounded the problem. I was rendered useless in either business, and depression was taking deep root. In December of 2016, the business was out of cash and there was no way forward. We had no choice but to close our doors. I was very fortunate and had the advice of some very kind investors that could see the toll this catastrophe was having on me and they helped shoulder the load through all the mess that comes with a failing business depression was altering my thinking and that's when i began to think that taking my life was a reasonable solution now to a healthy mind this sounds ludicrous i have a lot going for me i have a beautiful wife and family why would i think that way It's because that's what depression does. It literally depresses and suppresses the thinking, forcing it into a small place. It clouds judgment and reason. That's when death seems like a reasonable solution to all the pain that exists. I had let so many people down. My staff was rightly angry because they didn't get their last paycheck. Many of my investors were angry because I failed on my agreement. Lawsuits were issued. Negative things were posted about me online. Even my family was hurt and disappointed in me. I could not function under all of this weight. I felt completely alone, and depression worked to agree with me. It's hard recounting this part of the story, but I feel I must tell it. I tell it in hope that someone listening to this episode might identify with it and not go through with their plans. I've lost friends, employees, teenagers to suicide over the years. It's horrible news to receive and a horrible loss to go through. And to think that I was on the same edge of the abyss, looking over, thinking that this makes sense. It scares me now to think that I was that close and I'm glad it scares me because if I can help someone back away from the edge to recover and live a hopeful life again, I will gladly share it. See, I don't have much else to lose. I've lost everything I worked for. I went bankrupt. My wife is gone along with both of my parents at this stage. I don't really care what people think. I'm going to tell my story. And when I wrote the book, I committed to telling a story of hope, not just a story about a restaurant that lasted 10 years. It was hope that built it, hope that sustained it, and hope that eventually rescued me through its demise. It was a dream that became a nightmare that is giving birth to new dreams again. So what changed? What helped turn my life back around? Well, here's a few things that made sense to me. The first, I had to forgive myself. Forgiveness is the great equalizer among us. It is something I will always be in need of, and I will always need to offer it. Even in the Lord's Prayer, it's twice mentioned. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. That's pretty important in such a short prayer that has to be the model of how prayer should look. With so many people angry at me, it was easy to agree with them and very difficult to think differently about myself. I created a mess for which people wanted restitution. But full restitution isn't always possible. That's why there's bankruptcy. And I'm not the first guy to fail a business. It happens all the time. Bankruptcy is a legitimate means of hitting the reset button. But bankruptcy doesn't elicit forgiveness. It just wipes the slate clean legally. The offended parties can still hold on to their anger. And I hated knowing that I had let people down but had no means to restore the matter. I had to live with it. But I had an epiphany one day that helped change my perspective Even if I had the means to repay every employee, every vendor, every investor, every single person that lost money on my account, that still wouldn't produce forgiveness. Forgiveness is a choice from the heart and the will. It's an act that says I choose to put this matter behind me. I will no longer demand that the matter be solved. I will harbor no ill feelings of resentment. Or malice toward anyone. I am unable to demand forgiveness. I can only ask for it. I cannot make you forgive me. I cannot control your actions. But I can control mine. And I had to start here in my own heart. I had to forgive myself. And start living under the freedom that will bring. Refusing to forgive is a choice that has deep consequences. It can lead to bitterness that can have a detrimental impact on relationships and mental and emotional health. I had to tell myself out loud, I forgive you. I had to let it go. And as I did, I felt the burden begin to lift. It didn't change the fact that I failed, but it did take some of its power away. And that was a critical first step in recovering my body and well-being was a second discovery and that is restoring my identity. And I use that word a lot, but identity I define as what I believe about my true self. And I tell the story in the book about my sister's counsel, how she identified with my pain and loss, but she wouldn't let me forget who I am. Depression takes away my true identity and shuts the light out from me me seeing clearly who I am. Depression can only see fuck-ups and failures. There's nothing positive in the voice of depression. A third realization is I had to find the right voices to listen to, because there are so many voices in the head of a person with depression, the loudest of which are negative. And this is important to understand when relating to a person with depression. I can't change their mind about their mental state. They are making choices that don't make sense to those around them. And that's where you and I come in. Be present and available to someone under the weight of depression. Listen a lot and talk very little. Step into the world and try to understand it, not to fix it. See, I was convincing myself I was all alone. But it was voices like my sister that I couldn't ignore. And being present can build that trust. That's so important in recovery. The people who were most helpful were the people who made me feel understood. They were able to say things like, I can't imagine how devastating this is for you. So sorry. You put your whole heart and soul into this. I'm um, just so, so sad you're walking through this. It hurts me. It hurts me deeply. And I know this is a simplistic address of a very complicated problem. But hopefully this overview makes sense of my path toward healing and wholeness. A fourth thing I would like to mention is be open to spiritual awakening. And I'm not trying to sell you on God or make you believe in Believe in him. But crises can lead to significant spiritual encounters. And I had an encounter with God at the onset of this whole ordeal in November 2016 that has only deepened since then. So I would just say be open. You never know what might happen. A fifth thing is I reconnected to why I opened the business in the first place. My business. My restaurants have failed, but my passion and drive to set the table has not. I'm cooking for people again and learning and helping others learn how to enjoy the process of cooking for others. It started in April this year by giving away sourdough starters during the COVID shutdown, then led to filming instructional videos with my daughter and posting them on YouTube about how to bake bread. It led to small dinner parties and gatherings of which I'm having a blast. See, I still see who I am, despite the initial failure. A sixth thing was I had to get my body healthy again, and exercise was not going to be my first priority. My body was too fatigued to start there. I had bigger problems to address. I was exhausted. My adrenal system was shutting down. I knew I needed help, and I didn't realize how long it would take to begin feeling better again. My sleep was something I always struggled with my entire life, and I've now discovered that the number one foundation for better health is sleep, and it is like a domino effect. But the deck was stacked stacked against me. See, I... I've had sleep apnea for years and it went undiagnosed until recently. And in addition to the standard obstructive apnea, I have a neurological disorder called central sleep apnea, where it's a condition where I will just stop breathing in my sleep and it can be exacerbated, not helped by CPAP. And it's very frustrating. I also have a random condition called nocturnal seizures, It's a form of epilepsy that only happens at night and is very difficult to diagnose and treat. So I've had that to deal with. But I didn't give up, and I looked toward diet. Because as an exercise science major in college, I have a pretty good working knowledge about physiology and the role diet and exercise plays in good health. Plus, my work as a chef made me more aware of the power of food in creating well-being. So I made a few changes. Began by minimizing sugars. Simple and processed. Not entirely rid of it, but a significant reduction of its consumption. And the domino effect led to a reduced inflammation in my body, especially in my sinuses which then allowed me to breathe through my nose better, which then CPAP works better then, which led to better sleep, which led to better weight loss. And it was a great, great discovery. From there, I researched and discovered that I had signs of a potassium deficiency. And I took a new supplement that quickly lowered my blood pressure to which I no longer required a statin. It reduced fatigue in my legs very quickly. From there, I began to research vitamin D deficiency because I read an article that showed I had 8 out of the 10 most common symptoms. And an added regimen of supplements has increased muscle performance in my legs, increased energy, and better sleep. It's the opposite of a vicious cycle. It's a very good one. The last was therapy with so much loss. I knew I couldn't do it alone and I was very fortunate to find a person that I connected with right away and it might take you a while. If you feel like you need a counselor, trained therapist to help you through issues of depression and loss, it might take a while, but it is worth the effort and I'm so glad I invested the time. Keep in mind that this has been a a three-and-a-half-year process to get back to a better state of mind. It took years of getting into my poor condition, and it only makes sense to trust the process and time it takes to get healthy again. I hope this helps you connect with your own story or someone around you that might be battling depression. Don't be silent. Take the risk to reach out, either to offer help or receive it. I'm sure you'll be glad you spoke up. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.